Hi, we are Angie and Annalie, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Hey, welcome back to Brain Basement. We have an exciting topic today. Um, We are inviting grief on the show. and getting um, ready to dive into who grief is and explore that interesting emotion. But first, as always, we're going to take a moment of pause in our day with Angie. Great. Let's take um, a few slow breaths. Just take that time to check in with yourself. So if you have the ability to close your eyes now if you're not driving or in the middle of something or even keeping your eyes open but just checking in with your body going inward scanning through any tense muscles that any space that's holding tension seeing if you can breathe into those spaces lengthening your inhale and your exhale, seeing if you can find a little bit of softness, allowing some release throughout your body, scanning through your neck, your chest, See if you can check in with your wrists and your knees. Just finding that steady rhythm of your breath. Carries you through each day and allowing yourself some awareness, hearing the thoughts that are going through your mind. And just noticing what thoughts your mind is offering you in this moment. And then after that moment of silence, coming back into where you are, Gently looking at the space around you and seeing if you can bring with you that little bit of connection to your body, to your thoughts, and seeing if you can hold on to that for a little bit while we, while we talk and discuss as friends meeting here each week. <laughs> all of our different emotions that we explore and consider and how we discuss them. 
today talking especially about grief. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay! Oh, party, right? Party with grief. Well, I loved our episode about when we had gratitude on the show so much that it was like, I think it's time to invite another emotion on the show. So why not grief? Um, and the reason why grief has been on my mind is, um, so it's almost been a year since we both left Baku, right? Mm-hmm. And because of COVID, we both left early. And I just remember landing in the States with a ton of emotions that I didn't even want to look at mm-hmm. or sort through. And for a good month, I just was like ignoring them because I knew that they were intense. And I just, I did, I couldn't really go there energy wise. But one day I sat down and just started writing down emotions and that I thought I was experiencing and grief ended up on the list and it caught me by surprise because I just think I consider grief as too heavy to as like really heavy emotion that is reserved for maybe a physical loss Mm -hmm. like death of a loved one certainly not associated with a move or something but so I was kind of um remembering these feelings that I had a year ago. And then I saw someone post a quote online that totally captured what I was feeling at that time. And so I had have to share it. And it says, um, this is about leaving a place. So you get a strange feeling when you're about to leave a place. Like you'll not only miss the people you love, but you'll miss the person you are now at this time and this place because you'll never be this way again. And that's by Azar Nafisi. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I was like, that it captures exactly how I felt. Cause I remember thinking, I'm going to miss this place. I'm going to miss our routines, my friends, our community, how happy the kids are. But then when I got stateside, I thought, you know, what else I missed that I felt like the grief was really attached to was the person that I had become in that place. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that I was going to lose her or that she would just not come with me to the next location. And anyway, so that's, that's kind of, um, the, the background to why grief has been on my mind, but, um, yeah, but I guess too, last time we talked about what gratitude was wearing, like, what do you envision when you think of grief? Like if we were sitting with grief? Um, I mean, that's a good question. Like I think of grief, like when you were just speaking, I realized that I have the same mindset as you, like grief, it's like too exclusive, like almost like grief, like that's only reserved for, like you said, death of a loved one. So I think like, it's really funny how we decide, like, I, I'm not allowed to feel those feelings or that's reserved for this. I can't feel grief for a place. Or if I sign up for, to be in the foreign service, then I'm accepting that we're moving all the time. So I'm not allowed to feel grief or I shouldn't be that we're, I'm like having judgment for feeling that feeling. And so I do think of grief as like exclusive we 
don't feel that every day it's saved for, or, you know, and I also think of it as with like my children sometimes being really upset about a small thing and me explaining to them, that's not, that's really small. (laughs) And it's like, they're experiencing grief and you're saying, don't worry, your ice cream, like scoop fell off onto the street. Now it's, you know, but you can see that they have that reaction of like devastating loss for that ice cream scoop. Um, So I do picture grief in something like fancy. Yeah. Like a big to do. Yes. Like Um, they're going to the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. Like it takes the stage and it has a a royal, not royal, but maybe just a big presence. A big present. Yeah. Like an overpowering. uh, Yeah. Black, obviously something. Exactly. I was picturing a black turtleneck. Um, but you know what, one of the definitions I read of grief that I really resonated with was it did, it said the normal process of reacting to a loss. Uh-huh. I loved because it really brings in all these, you know, quote unquote, small losses or big losses. And it's just lumps them together into like normalizing this feeling that people have because we're humans when we lose something. And it could be, yeah, the ice cream scoop that fell on the floor or the Lego creation that took five hours to build, but then someone came and stepped on it. Oh, yeah. You know, my kids are always gushing about that kind of stuff. And Oh, we've had such Lego grief. <laughs> One time the housekeeper cleaned up Hogwarts. That, I mean, we still talk about that. So funny. I'm going to use that term now because it is like a daily thing, Lego grief. Um, But I think in the foreign service too, this is something that feels very like just a normal part of our life. Mm -hmm. And the more I was thinking about this, like, I want to say that it's almost a cycle of births and deaths just over and over and over. Yeah. We're, we get really good at saying goodbye and then like saying hello to a new place. But um, I just, it gets me curious about how I'm processing each time we experience a loss. And as we move into the next chapter, you know, have I, how do you do that so that you like honor that loss in a healthy yeah. way, you know, cause I mean, right. It's like finding that balance because this is huge, right? The place you lived, it's not a small piece of you, you know, and you've lived there for a few years. Things have happened there. Like your life has happened there. We've grown there we've learned lessons and letting go of that. It's not a small thing. And it is like, do we allow ourselves time to feel grief for that place, for that new beginning? And it is such a lesson. It's such an opportunity to have the next thing on the horizon. And we all in the, in the state department or most of us expats get to have that knowing that in the future, there's a change coming and we get to live our lives that way. And a lot of people don't, I think have that 
option in their life, that kind of background noise of like, well, something new is coming soon, but do we allow ourselves to feel grief for those places? Or do we think we should just be good at automatically saying goodbye and moving on to the next one? And I mean, yeah, finding the right balance of allowing like heavy emotions. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was thinking too, if it was a place that I didn't, you know, adore necessarily, like just love everything about it, then maybe there would be no grief. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's necessarily true because it still was a big portion of our life that yeah. was spent there. And so there's things that we're losing or that are changing or kind of evolving into something different. But um, so Francis Weller is a psychotherapist and the author of um, The Edge of Sorrow, I want to say it's called, oh, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. And I, I think I sent this to you a while ago, but he had an interview with um, Tim McKee on, the, they called it the geography of sorrow. And it's just a piece about navigating our losses. It is such a beautiful interview. Um, but in it, he says, it just talks about the importance of welcoming grief like a visitor and that it shouldn't be shunned. And that it, if it is, then it's just, not healthy for us like our bodies carry that grief and if it's not processed then it's you know ends up harming us sometimes you know um but he lost his dad to a stroke um and when he was 15 his father had the stroke it was just disabling and so i think he was changed you know, and then eight years later, he finally died. But that's what took him into this work. Mm-hmm. But um, he talks about how um, different, how society kind of approaches grief now, and that it's such a private matter. And we kind of regard it as something that we just need to suck it up, get over the loss and jump back in. Mm-hmm. You know, and he references a few <clears throat> examples of how grief back in the day was given more space and more just a chance to breathe. Like he was saying in like um, ancient Scandinavia, one of their common practices is um, when there's a loss, they, it's a long period of, they call it living in the ashes. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, they regard it as like this really essential work of transforming that sorrow into something of value. And, and everybody understands that that person needs to take that time, you know? And, um, he gave another example of like, um, he said in the Mohawk tradition, um, one of their, they have these condolence rituals where they they tend to the bereaved person. Like it's a communal matter. And some of it comes with like certain gestures that they do. And one example he gave was like um, wiping tears from eyes with a soft skin of a fawn. And I was like, that is so beautiful. Like the way he described it, I just, I don't see that going on right in this day and age like a communal 
grieving. Yeah, that's true. In in our culture, we don't, nobody knows what to say in response to grief. We don't know how to support one another when it's grief. It's just like uncomfortable. So now I'm picturing like the fancy, fancy um, black turtleneck, like floor length gown, black turtleneck grief in the room. And we all just sit there uncomfortably, like talking about the weather and not really knowing what to say. Um you know, and we, yeah, are we processing that? Are we making space to allow that? And something you said earlier was like, if it's not processed, it can cause more pain. So I was reading um, Full Catastrophe Living by John Kabat-Zinn. And uh, the analogy that he created was Uh, like physical pain, we go and we get an x-ray and we examine it, right? Like something's wrong with your ankle and you feel pain. And then when you can identify exactly, oh, it was this, you know, pulled tendon or something, then we feel like we know it. We understand now we can relax a little bit because we understand that the tendon's broken and we can expect, you know, six weeks of repair there or something. And we don't identify our feelings the same way. Like we don't look and stop and say, what is this like discomfort I'm having? Oh, it's grief. And I can give myself six weeks to, you know, recognize that I'm going to be carrying around grief with us. And so one thing I wanted to read from the book was strange as it may sound, the intentional knowing of your feelings in times of emotional suffering contains in itself the seeds of healing. Mm. So just that recognizing that this is grief, like you said, after you moved and realized, wow, I think I'm feeling grief. Even that I could be the start of a little bit of healing which sounds the opposite of what we think, right? We all just think I want to avoid grief. I don't want to feel that that's. And instead we're just walking around with grief, trying to feel happy, which isn't necessarily effective all the time. Totally. And it is counterintuitive because we just don't naturally, our culture, our society doesn't support that idea that, if we look an emotion straight in the eye, that it'll settle down. Mm-hmm. It's almost a sign of weakness to drop into the emotional part of ourselves. Right. Or that if we allow ourselves to feel grief, like it will take over, right? If I just recognize how much I miss our life and the person I was there and everything that we created and having to leave suddenly if I decide that I'm going to be in grief, then maybe I think I'll just crawl into a ball and weep, you know, and not, I'll just get sucked up with that emotion. And people who've gone through like great, tremendous, incredible loss, realize that that feeling doesn't just stay in your body for the rest of your life. You don't just stay in absolute misery and despair, you can carry some despair with you, but also there are moments of joy or frustration or anger, you know, other emotions come in, but we still have this fear, or I certainly have this fear of like one emotion. If I, if I allow it, it might just take over. 
which is scary. Yeah. And it's interesting because it almost feels like a scary monster or something. Like Mm -hmm. how could, could we possibly be physically harmed by an emotion? No, but sometimes it kind of feels like it. (laughs) It's that powerful. But I think about the grief that I was feeling when I made that move and like, yeah, like you said, I, I did want to avoid it. I was avoiding it. But when I was able to say, oh, like, there's grief inside of me, it almost um, helped me see a little bit clearer why I was missing that place or that person I had become so much. And it kind of, there was a part of it that turned into gratitude because mm-hmm. it was like, why am I feeling grief? It's because of the person that I became there. And I'm so grateful for who I became there because it was a big, you know, moment of transition in my life. And I had so many good friends that supported me in that space. And, and if I hadn't, yeah, taken a minute to look at that grief, then I, I could have missed the gratitude, you know, behind it and like all the good things I had going on. Okay. So now I'm picturing the tall, skinny turtleneck, floor length, turtleneck, black, like holding hands with gratitude, like (laughs) a smaller little bringing grat because I thought the same thing, Annalie, like it comes with gratitude, right? Like when, um, when my grandma passes away, that's when I just, think of her in all the appreciative ways. And from, for years after she's gone, I'm thinking of like, this is my grandma's thing. And I, and in like appreciative and loving ways that I, I might not have been thinking before she passed away when something leaves us. And we all have that opportunity moving around the world. We do look at our lives through that lens of like, oh, look at how much has changed over the last two years or our one year in language and look at what we've done here. And we're kind of looking at these windows of time um, with, I think grief does bring with it appreciation. It's a loss and we can appreciate what happened there that we might not otherwise get to see. Yeah. Um, One thing that Susan David says that, I'm just a fan of her all around, but she says that emotions signpost our values. So when we look at an emotion, it might be one that we don't really want to admit to ourselves that we're feeling even like guilt or envy or some of these that you wouldn't, you know, share with your neighbor that you're (laughs) feeling. But, but she said, when you stop to think about it, beneath that emotion is something that you value, whether it's connection or, you know, I think, so I was thinking about what's, what's the value behind grief for me. Mm. And I really think it is love. It's, it's a sign that I have loved something. Mm -hmm. And so, and because I've lost that thing I've loved, I feel grief. Yeah. And, and that's a beautiful thing to realize because you, like we've been saying, you can reflect back and think. Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it because like the Lego house, if we're just seeing like, look at how much love we have the capacity for. Like, I loved that ice cream. I was so happy, you know, 
mm-hmm. having it and just, and now it's gone and I won't get to taste it again. And, you know, that house that I worked on, I loved it. It's realizing, I mean, yeah, we can realize how much love there is there and that we're just going to continue loving things and losing them. (laughs) Well, and what if we didn't move so often? That makes me think maybe this is in, you know, this transient lifestyle is helpful in that way that it is a chance to have kind of a break or something to interrupt our lives and Mm -hmm. causes us to have to lose something and which causes me to reflect in that moment because it's like an interruption versus not ever moving or having, you know, a big change, which everybody has big changes, but. But like all these people in America that do not appreciate Trader Joe's the way that I appreciate Trader Joe's, like if we could survey all of the, you know, expats and all of the people and they're like yeah I appreciate Trader Joe's great store but not in the same way that I appreciate Trader Joe's they don't Instagram about JoJo's okay (laughs) I get to the states and I start Instagramming about JoJo's it is it's adding appreciation to our life. And I'm sure they're all appreciating different things. You know, they're appreciating the weather or living next door to their, you know, mother and all the, the benefits that they have in their life. But it is, it's just that we are creating that opportunity to look at and appreciate these things. Yeah. With our life. And when we say it that way, it sounds so much more intentional and like, yes, I want to live this life. And not that everybody has to say, yes, I want to, but you can look at it and decide, do I love this or do I not? Yeah. It's true. And I like your visual of grief holding hands with gratitude and that both can be there. Mm -hmm. There are times when I feel resentment towards this lifestyle because I am having to say goodbye so often, but, but I appreciate, yeah, all of these chapters in our lives. Does grief make you stronger? Um, like generally speaking or me? You, I mean, yeah. can you answer that, that question for humanity? I certainly don't represent humanity. I'll just ask you for now then. Um, I mean, if I take this example that I'm working with on this episode of missing that person I'd become, um, I haven't thought about it, but I think, yeah, in a way, because we're getting ready to move again. And I think just the acknowledgement of knowing I was going to miss that person, but then realizing all the good came with me. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I lost my routines and the friendships that were holding me up right then. But the person that I changed into, like moved to America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I had all those good parts that had become a part of me. And, 
And then, you know, I'll take that new person to the next place in a few months. And so I think I would say yes. Um, but I don't know if I would have recognized strength in that grief without taking a look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think not until I did that was I, um, it was just kind of a, it was more of a drawing me down emotion. Yeah. But, And this is not like our, I mean, this is what I love about our podcast. We're like, let's talk about grief, right? Like I've never gone to hang out with a friend and been like, let's talk about grief. It was like, if I knew we were going to talk about grief because I, or my friend had suffered a great loss, it's just discomfort. I'm just feeling like, what are we going to talk about? What am I going to say? And and we don't allow ourselves that opportunity to just feel the emo- recognize the emotion, identify it, give it space. And I think that can be so valuable. Yeah. But there's there are lessons there. Like you said, it is a sign. These our body is giving us a sign, like our emotions are sending us a message, and we can try to ignore it, but that doesn't really work. <laughs> Yeah. So when you move, like, are there things that you do or you kind of help your kids with in order to take the last place with you or like recognize the fact that you've ended something and you're starting something new? Like, do you feel like you do this or maybe? I mean, I would have to say no, like I haven't. And we've moved I mean, what, five or six posts with my four kids. I don't think I take the time to process it deliberately. Only just now I'm becoming more and more interested in this. So I will, but, you know, we just like make a photo album and we always talk about our memories here and there. And and I do feel like I couldn't have held on to that person. I was in that space no matter what, like me, being, uh, or even if we each individually like think of ourselves, like who we were at age 10, am I the same person now who I was at age 17? Like pieces of myself are the same, but I have so much more capacity now to just feel like empathy for a bully than I did when I was 17. I would just see it more black and white. Now I'm seeing like, oh, I bet that bully has a backstory. And so So I'm changing no matter what, whether I'm moving. So I'm losing that person that I was yesterday all the time, but I don't think I've intentionally processed that or shown my children that except that it I'm sure happens to them, no matter whether I'm talking about it or not, they're experiencing the grief, they're experiencing the fresh new start and they're experiencing that this is sort of a cycle that happens in life. We achieve things and we lose things and we create our next. Yeah. What next week is going to look like. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that we don't do anything different either. We just, I think we do the pictures Mm -hmm. and we talk and about same as you said, memories. And I don't, if I do anything more than that, I can't it must just be a reflex or something that's right. But I think it's meaningful though, you know, 
to right. Like it's making me think I could like when we leave, like just light a candle and, you know, say a little announcement to my family, like for all the things I appreciate about this house, like sort of a little funeral, like what we do at a funeral and talk about the things we appreciate about this person and this loss and just kind of be acknowledging of that. We, we can give a eulogy to our life in stone pay. (laughs) The gold couch. Having a moment of silence for the gold couch. Or we'll just be creating our young humans to grow up and be like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what my mom made us do every time we moved. Yeah. <laughs> have I'm a funeral. Carrying, I'm carrying around grief from 10 moves that I haven't processed yet. <laughs> or I've just processed way too much. All we did was process. Or that. Yeah. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I did pull a a Marie Kondo on the last move where before we left the house, I had um I said thanks to my house. You know, oh. she says in her work, yeah, that we thank the things that before we purge them. And I do remember just having a split second of like, thanks, house, <laughs> you know, oh. run. So. I had forgotten about that, but that's a good way to do it too. We can just do it to ourselves as we're driving away. Yeah. Um, I think it's about time to wrap up. Yeah. Grief. Um, now we have to say goodbye to grief. What is grief wearing now that we're we just should we about? light a candle and have a eulogy for <laughs> the elegant um elusive grief I guess it's not elusive she's like uh I'm still picturing her feminine too you know what's interesting is she felt heavy to me when we started this episode but she kind of feels lighter you know a little like that long elegant dress just got like is a crop top now but it's still (laughs) I hope she's wearing pants because and pants (laughs) like gingham checked or like spanks because that's what you wear under a dress when you're going to a fancy event oh yeah that's true she's like even grief is still trying to present as something (laughs) not authentic yeah she totally wears spanks she wants to hide she is (laughs) also what about our term good grief why do we say like good grief what is grief good that's anyway um okay (laughs) all right so hopefully everyone has space to grieve and right I think we're being kind of light-hearted in this discussion and grief can certainly be heavy so I don't want to discount that for anyone but recognizing that we can feel the heavy feelings you could um Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think we acknowledge that it doesn't have to be as scary as it seems, Mm -hmm. but it's something so worthy of our attention and honor, really. And I know that's a big word, but if it's a big loss, you know, 
there's space to acknowledge that and to honor that. Yeah. yeah. I think that that is a good word. Like this, it's an important, you know, it deserves some respect there. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks everybody. We have to see you next week.